Listen, I get it. You like saving in Bitcoin. But check this out. You can actually complement your HODL position by investing in Bitcoin startups. If you want additional upside and enjoy learning about angel investing, you should check out Lightning Ventures. Lightning Ventures is a great way to stack real equity in Bitcoin-only companies. They've invested in businesses you've heard about on this show, including Azteco, CrowdHealth, and Swan Bitcoin. And Lightning Ventures makes it easy to get started in the world of early stage investing. The minimum investment is only $1,000 per deal, and you only invest in the deals that make sense to you. So if you want to get a behind the scenes look at the startups you know and love, if you want a chance to support their growth, and if you want another opportunity to profit as the Bitcoin ecosystem develops, check out the 60 second application in the show notes to get started today in building a world that runs on better money. You know, if you're corporations and you're sending, you know, large five, six, seven, eight figure sums, as Bitcoin becomes more more prominent um, and becomes the default payment, you, you're going to want something like ZapRite that that enables them and, and has you know those proof of payments on both ends, right? Because one of the things that obviously ZapRite does is when a payment happens, both parties get an email with um, all of the records of that transaction, like from the trans transaction ID all the way through to the amount, the the current like USD base rate or whatever the fiat currency happened to be at the time, and you know the exchange rate timestamp transaction ID, all of that stuff, both parties get that. So, you know, having something like that for large corporations and, and businesses that need these legal protections to say like, yes, this payment happened at this time is hugely beneficial. Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is John McGill, who's the founder of ZapRite, a company that helps businesses with Bitcoin invoicing, project management, and expense tracking. This is our second interview with John. There's been a lot of changes in ZapRite across the last year or so since our last conversation, and I'm excited to share with you this interview today. Of course, before we get to the conversation, we do have this week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight. And this week, we're going to John's home country of Ireland for the Dublin Bitcoiners Meetup. The Dublin Bitcoiners Meetup is a monthly meetup that opens with a fun Bitcoin game every single meeting. Lightning relay races, Fast Finger, or coming up this Saturday the 16th, the Bitcoin Memory Game. To play these games, you need Bitcoin skills, but don't worry because they teach it all. After the game, they run through a monthly news roundup and say hello to any Bitcoin beginners. Topics for the meetings range from macroeconomics to Bitcoin privacy to Bitcoin adoption around the world. To learn more and connect with Dublin Bitcoiners, follow them on X or Noster at Dublin Bitcoiner. That link is down below, as well as a link to the Oshi app, which you can use to find a Bitcoin meetup near you. Now, we're going to get to our interview with John right after this. Business owners, unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with a Bitcoin for Business Quick Start Guide. This 27-page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Josh. Appreciate it. So I'd like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you a little bit better and give us some insight for our own lives. You ready for these? Yep. 
All right. Since you're a repeat guest, we have a slightly different first question, and that is, what is the part of the Bitcoin rabbit hole you've been going down most recently? I would say um, a kind of bringing it back to bringing it back to roots um, maybe is a good way of explaining it. Just realizing that there's still a lot to be solved with on-chain payments. There's still a lot to be solved with just regular payments and on-chain payments. There's a huge amount of development in the Lightning space, which is amazing. There's a ton of stuff that's happening, a ton of experimentation, um, everything to do with, you know, Noster and AI and Zaps and everything, the the innovation and, and the, the tests and everything else that, that's happening is amazing. But there's still a lot to be done with just basic on-chain payments and getting people the tools that they need to accept Bitcoin in in an easy way, um, which is, you know, obviously what ZapRite is all about. But it's really, you know, since we've gone further down the road with ZapRite, it's something that's just really come to the forefront um, is really just trying to focus in on like the basics of Bitcoin, bringing it back to pure, simple self-custody payments and making that as as easy as possible for the vast majority of people. Question number two is this. What's an insight or fact about Bitcoin that you wish everyone understood? I'm going to like cheat a little bit and, and okay. repeat my answer from the first uh, from the first <laughs> podcast, um, because I think it's a powerful one. And really, it's just that, um, you know, Bitcoin humbles you and makes you a better person. Um, when you go down, when you go down the rabbit hole, it obviously opens up like a whole lot of things that you just didn't think of. Maybe some people do, and that's how they fall down the rabbit hole. But for most people, it's like, you know, it's number go up technology. Um, that's what draws them in. But then you you realize that there are, you know, profound things with Bitcoin that just uh, make you just kind of stop and fundamentally assess your 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 own personal journey. Um, and and really just, you know, realizing that whole low time preference um, aspect realizing that there is an amazing future ahead if you if you take the right path and then when you realize that future is ahead you need to then start preparing yourself for that future so being becoming a better person looking mm-hmm. after your health your wellness um you know the relationships the people around you all of those things um you know if if i knew that when i was starting to go down the bitcoin rabbit hole it may have been a very very different journey um but uh yeah it's something that i i wish more people we're aware of, um, at least aware of like quicker rather than, you know, going down the whole kind of like trading and number go up thing. Um, mm-hmm. Because once we have more people fundamentally realizing how Bitcoin can make you as an individual better and then by by default, the rest of the world, um, it, it's a powerful thing. So that that's one thing that, uh, you know, I wish most people knew. Question number three is this. What's the Bitcoin resource you most recommend to other people? I would say, again, I'm going to go back to uh, an original answer on this, and that is uh, meetups. Um, they're just hugely important, hugely important. Um, it's, it, it's, really just, it's really just a really focused, high signal way to, to get the most out of your time. So, you know, speaking about the, the previous answer about, you know, trying to, uh, you know, make the most of your time. And one of those things is meetups because you can, you know, pack a whole lot of, um, information, education, um, relationship building, networking into like an hour or two meetup that you just won't get from hours of scrolling Twitter online, right? Um, So if you have a meetup in your local area, go to it. Uh, If you don't have one, start one. 
Um, that's really what it's all about is just getting getting face to face with other people, uh, talking and just spitballing ideas and, and seeing what can be improved um, for your local community, starting at a small level. You know, you start with yourself as an individual, then you bring it out to the community and that obviously like spreads out um, and that can't happen without like minded people getting together and, and actually discussing these things. Um, so meetups are meetups are hugely um, underrated. Uh, for that reason. So question number four is this beyond Bitcoin, what's a resource tool or idea that's been helpful to you or Zaprite recently? I would say an idea for sure that's been, you know, planted in my mind um, as I've gone through this journey of, of building Zaprite. And, and when you're a small team and you don't have like a big budget, it, it's very easy to just spread yourself thin and get yourself uh, pulled all over the place in every direction. Um, and so one of the things that I've, I've really kind of learned is, you know, stick to stick to your guns, you know, stick to that original idea you had. Um, don't get distracted, even when it's very tempting to do it, when you see everybody else doing it. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's it. It's just really focus and, and hone in on, on your mission and what you're there to do. Now we have our final, what we call our arbitrary but insightful question. And it's this as a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Uh, yeah, again, I'm going to go for why on this one. Um, I think the more you ask yourself why, um, again, I mentioned it last time, it's, it's a recalibration. Um, you can just keep asking yourself why everything you're doing, why am I doing this? Why am I taking this path? Why am I hanging around with this, uh, this person? Um, why am I doing these things? Um, and the more you ask why, then the less you have to ask, uh, why not? Um, you, you've, you've, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's the cart before the horse, but you're, you're basically pre-qualifying a lot of this stuff. Um, and also just keeping yourself in check as you go. Um, you know, asking that question, like why just, uh, again, again, I suppose tying into the previous answer is you can, you can just keep yourself on the right path and make sure you're still on that same path that, that you chose to go down is asking yourself, why am I doing this? Um, and if the answer, um, you know, still calibrates with, with your original idea, then you keep going. Meet Linkster, your premier Bitcoin focused advisor. Linkster caters to businesses, institutions, family offices, and high net worth individuals. They merge your unique financial goals and needs with Linkster's Bitcoin expertise to craft your own sustainable plan to preserve and grow the value of your hard earned profits and retained earnings. At Linkster, it's not just advice, it's tailored execution. Connect directly with the founder by visiting linkster.com. That's L Y N C S T E R. Dot com Linkster. Secure your future with Bitcoin. Today's episode of Business Bitcoinization is proudly brought to you by Vellus Commerce, where the future of business technology meets Bitcoin. As we journey through the era of Bitcoin and its transformational impact on businesses, there's one name that stands out. Vellus Commerce. Whether you're looking to build a cutting-edge website, a seamless mobile app, or custom software, Vellus is your go-to team. They've been diving deep into the world of Bitcoin since 2014, making them one of the most experienced groups for integrating Bitcoin and Lightning payments into a variety of digital platforms. But here's what truly sets them apart. Vellus Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Vellus Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future-proof your business in the coming age of hyper-Bitcoinization, head over to VellusCommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at Vellus Commerce. Let's make sure your business thrives in the Bitcoin era.
Well, today we're here, John, to talk about ZapRite. We've had a conversation with you before, I think probably a little bit over a year ago. I know a lot's changed since then, but for those who haven't heard about ZapRite before, could you give us the TLDR of what ZapRite is and why you started it? Absolutely, yeah. So ZapRite fundamentally is a Bitcoin payments platform. Um, What we do is we enable people to accept Bitcoin payments as easily as possible. Um, We we do it with a focus on self-custody. Um, but obviously, we also have uh, custodial options and, you know, some fiat options with card payments and things like that as well. Um, and I'll, I'll speak a little bit more about that um, as we go through. Um, but realistically, um, what we're doing is, as I mentioned, we, we're trying to create these tools that that bridge this this time where we are, where people are accepting both Bitcoin and fiat payments. Um, and if we can build tools that make it as seamless as possible to offer both of those options to customers, then businesses will benefit. Um, and in the long run, it, it helps businesses to migrate over to a Bitcoin standard. Um, and that's really what we, we aim to do um, with, with, a, with a huge focus on, on usability. So, you know, my background is design. Um, so like UI UX is a, is a huge focus for me uh, personally. Um, and you know, that kind of leads into where, where ZapRite came from. Um, you know, back in 2018, 2019, I started working for uh, Bitcoin companies up in Canada doing freelance uh, graphic design, web design, UI, UX. Um, and I was getting paid in Bitcoin. And I needed an invoicing platform where I could actually send professional invoices um, to these companies to get to get paid in Bitcoin. And it was it was a difficult thing to do back then, even for somebody like semi tech literate like myself, running an original Casa node, uh, running BTC Pay server back in 2018, trying to you know make sure that URLs were exposed and clients could actually reach the invoices and make payments to the node. It was a very difficult thing to do, and so I figured there's got to be an easy way to do this without this, the running the server part of it. Um, and so that was the kind of idea that was always in the back of my head. Um, and then I eventually just started building ZapRite as a hobby project in, in 2020 um, to build this platform that I really just needed for myself to solve my own um, problem. Um, and then from there, um, it, it kind of it, it took off. I moved down to Austin and, uh, you know, embedded myself in the scene down there. And, and very quickly, um, ZapRite took off, which, again, is a testament to um, you know, some of the things I mentioned before about just doing the proof of work and getting yourself in amongst it, um, you know, showing up at, at community events and meetups and hackathons and um, co-working spaces and things like that. Um, hugely, hugely beneficial um, because there's always going to be people who are willing to help and share their, their knowledge with you um, to make uh, to make your journey um, a lot easier. So I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more about how ZapRite works when we talk about some of the changes you've made across the last year. But first of all, I want to talk a little bit about how you've been growing your team. I feel like at the popular level, uh, this is this is something I've heard a lot of people talking about, adding to the team, expanding, uh, getting out there a little bit more. would love to hear you talk a little bit about um, how that came to be, uh, you growing your team, and some of the benefits you've seen as you've begun to grow from probably primarily, uh, you know, a one or two person venture to once again, building out a team that can help ZapRite to grow faster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's, uh, it's been a heck of a journey. Um, since, since coming down to Austin, um, as I mentioned, it, it was literally just me. 
I, I had help from uh, my good friend, Nate, who was, uh, you know, head of in engineering at Bull Bitcoin in Canada at the time, who I was doing some freelance work for. Um, I, I got his help to, to get the project off the ground. Um, and he was always there to kind of step in whenever, you know, I needed uh, I needed things that just things that I just didn't understand because I wasn't a, a developer. At least I didn't consider myself one then. I still don't now. A lot of people uh, give me some, uh, you know, give me some um, trouble for that. But uh, it's it, it basically I had to learn um, React and learn JavaScript uh, just to build the MVP. So a lot of that was just 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 learning, tinkering, just, you know, hobby evening weekend project with with Nate on the sideline to, to jump in whenever I needed help. But then when I came down to Austin, um, you know, managed to to speak to some investors, um, you know, get some investor interest, get some money on board, which then allowed me to, um, you know, hire developers initially part time and then eventually like a full time developer. Uh, and one of the first things that we did was um, quickly realize that the code that I had written was garbage and needed to be redone. So we had to get the developer to actually just start from scratch and rebuild mm -hmm. the whole thing from the ground up um, to allow it to just be, you know, a much more uh, robust code base and allow it to scale um, a lot better. Um, so so that was a project that took, you know, a good six, seven, eight, nine months. Um, still still ongoing, but like it. it it was there was a lot of work done over the, over the course of that six to eight months where you know we didn't ship a lot of features um but we just did a, a heck of a lot of work in the background just making sure that the, everything was rewritten we were using google firebase for our, for our database which is you know which is not great so we wanted to move away from that so we now have our own self-hosted um postgres database um and one of the other big things that we did, we st we started with, was the original version of ZapRite, which people may be familiar at the time, the last time I was on your show, was um, just purely as an invoicing platform. And so when you created an invoice, you could you could connect these wallets, whether it was uh, you know a uh, on-chain wallet or uh, Liquid or you know Strike or Stripe for credit card, and you would basically enable them on on the invoice itself. So what we did was we basically split out that process into two components into a separate standalone checkout and then the invoice itself which feeds into the checkout so now you can actually configure these these connections same connections and payment methods on the checkouts themselves and then you can also do it and customize it on a per invoice base uh, basis as well um, and so the the new checkout feature is basically a um it's a, it's a hosted, branded, fully functioning checkout with an integration of on-chain Lightning and Fiat. So you can actually offer all of these rails to your to your customers now um, in one unified uh, hosted, branded checkout. Um, so that was a huge part of that that whole rewrite. Um, and around about the time that we were we were getting ready to ship that in um, April of this year. Um, I, I started talking with with uh, Parker Lewis and Will Cole in from working out of the the bitcoin commons uh co-working space um and and pleb lab down in in austin um i got to know parker and will um and and they had recently you know transitioned out of full-time roles at unchained um still there in 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 a, a smaller part-time capacity but they transitioned out and they were looking for um uh, a project to work on and they were going to do something themselves in the in the the payment space mm. um, and we just got talking and and they just realized that you know I, I had kind of built 
90% of what, what they were like thinking of building. That was certainly something that I would not have uh, seen happen when I first moved down to Austin in, uh, you know, September of, of 2021. Um, but again, you know, that just comes from, you know, showing up and doing the work and, and being at these places and getting to know these people and, you know, constantly just uh, showing that you're there to, you know, you're there to do a job. Um, but that was, uh, yeah, so that was huge. That was, you know, massive, uh, massive additions to the team. As everybody knows, Parker and Will are, um, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're very much, um, you know, heavy reputations behind them and a lot of experience. Um, and, and they're already, you know, uh, it's already paying dividends at SAPRITE with the stuff that we've been doing for the last couple of months. Um, and so, so really when, when they came on, the, the push then was to, to get, um, you know, these, this next level of payment features into ZapRite, which is the payment links, which we launched at BitBlock Boom in, um, in Austin in, in August, uh, as well as uh, subscriptions. Um, I think we'd mentioned last time on, on your show that ZapRite was free um, and that it wouldn't stay that way for a long time. Um, and it was something that I'd always, um, you know, obviously we'd have to bring payments in at some time, we sure. have to monetize the product, but it was just figuring out what the best way to do that was. I'm not a big fan of the the percentage on the volume model. Um, I much prefer the you know value for value SaaS model. You know, if we're providing a service that you know businesses find useful, they they pay to access our platform, um, and I think that kind of works well as as a as a model. Um, and so that was introduced uh, at the same time as the payment links feature, and the payment links feature, if anybody hasn't checked it out yet, is basically. So if you think of we have the standalone checkout that we split the invoicing into invoices that feed into a standalone checkout, because we have that standalone checkout, it now means we can feed anything into that. And we can basically feed any kind of um, product or like single SKU or service, you know, like a ticket or maybe you're selling a book, either a physical book or a, a digital download, whatever it might be. You can now create these unique payment links and you can, you know, attach an image and a description and all that kind of stuff and create these payment links that can then be purchased multiple times. So obviously with an invoice, you're sending it to one specific person, it, it gets paid once and, and then it's gone. Um, and so with these payment links, you can actually like take this HTML embed code that we have as well. It gives you a nice little HTML, like, you know, pay now button. You can customize that, drop it into like, say uh, a newsletter, email newsletter, or a, like a Wix or WordPress website or anywhere really. Um, and then you can actually start funneling people over to your hosted branded checkout um, at ZapRite. And so one of the, the, the big things that we had to do for that as well was introduce XPUB uh, support. Because obviously we didn't want to have address reuse. That was fine for invoicing because you would just paste the, mm -hmm. the single address on every time onto the invoice. Um, but we really had to get XPUB in there for, um, for for the payment links feature. So we added basic XPUB support, which is just pasting an XPUB in, and then we'll just derive the addresses and um, and attach them to, to every order that gets created in your checkout. Uh, and then we also added tools like Unchained, where you can actually drop a, a multi-sig um, configuration file um, in there. And now you can actually have all of these payments just go directly into your uh, Unchained vault. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of tools like that were starting to be added in. Um, now that we have the, the capability 
um, we can we can just start plugging in a lot more of these uh, connections and, and and just offer up a wider array of, of payment methods for users, whether it's self-custody or custodial, um, you know, on-chain, lightning, multi-sig, like whatever it might be. There's just a whole uh, range of options that we can now give users alongside the, the fiat payment with the Stripe credit cards. Um, if they want that too, um, which I think is a great feature because, you know, having that side by side on a checkout where you can actually show your, your customers, hey, we accept Bitcoin as well. You know, here's credit card if you want to pay, but we accept Bitcoin as well. And then one of the features we'll, we'll introduce in the future, which we've teased a couple of times, uh, I think, is the um, discounts and premiums. So we'll allow you to add discounts or premiums to certain types of payment methods. So if you have a checkout where you're showing like, hey, I accept on-chain payments, I accept lightning payments and I accept credit cards. But maybe I'm going to give you like 5% off if you, you know, pay on chain, or maybe I'm going to add 5% to like a credit card payment so I can cover the processing fees or something like that. Um, so yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of development that's happened uh, over the last while. And, um, you know, a lot of that has been to do with uh, expanding the team and getting more people in there that can really, really help shape the, shape the roadmap and help with actually getting those features out. So the payment links, it sounds like, at least the way I'm, I'm imagining it, it seems like that would allow for an opportunity to set up like a storefront using ZapRite. Is that accurate? Is that is that something that you can do now, something potentially in the future? Am I understanding it correctly? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we one of the, the first person that we actually gave access to the payment links to was uh, Jimmy Song. Mm. Um, and at BitBlockBoom, he was uh, selling his new book. And he basically had created... Uh, a whole bunch of payment links on ZapRite for different, um, you know, different variations of his book. So, you know, hardcover, signed hardcover, ebook, you know, 10 pack of books, like different things. And he created his own, um, you know, just landing page um, and was just dropping those links in. So he would feed people over to the landing page they'd click the link and they'd go to, to ZapRite. Um, but one of the things we could actually do ourselves in the future is we could actually, you know, give people a one-click hosted storefront for those payment links as well, mm-hmm. right? And we could maybe have some different type of templates where they could customize the templates and, um, you know, add, you know, design and image and description and stuff like that. So, you know, if you were somebody who was running an event, maybe, or a small, like, conference or something like that, or even a big conference, and you just wanted to spin up a store for, like, you know, a couple of days that the, the conference was going to be, you know, active, you wanted to sell some merch or something, rather than spinning up like a whole Shopify or WooCommerce or whatever, you could literally just go to ZapRite, punch in a couple of uh, products, click a button, and then we would actually just, um, you know, pull everything in onto one single uh, page for you. So you would you would essentially have your, your one-click hosted uh, storefront. That's awesome. So I'm sure there are uh, a lot of people who are thinking about the possibilities right now for their own situation. Hopefully they'll be reaching out to you in the future uh, to see how they can maybe use ZapRite. One of the things that I also wanted to ask about is the subscription model. Uh, I definitely see the value in that. Is there a certain uh, level of business that people will need to be seeing in order to make a subscription worth it? And are there multiple tiers or is it currently just kind of one offer? There's currently just one offer. Um, right now, it's 25 US dollars per month. Is there a certain level of business you'll want to do to make that worthwhile? I mean, I guess that's a kind of a judgment call mm-hmm. for 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 users, right? But I mean, one way you could look at it is, well, if you're doing $2,500 a month, that's, that's 1%. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're doing way more than that, then, you know, that's an absolute bargain. 
Um, will there be other tiers uh, in the future? I mean, yes, I'm, I'm guessing there will be. Like, this is just our starter tier, just to see what works, um, what sticks, what users are, um, you know, comfortable with, and to see, you know, be, because one of the things we've done as well as we've built our own subscription system in the background that runs on um, on Bitcoin payments. So we're not using Stripe or anything like that. We've actually built our own. And so it was much easier for us to just offer one single payment tier to start this off. Eventually, we would love to like offer this as a feature to our users as well, where they could actually start taking subscriptions themselves through ZapRite um, and build their own tiers and their own different pricing models and stuff. And so we'll do the same thing ourselves. We'll we'll look at the uh, different um, you know aspects of how our users are actually using the app, um, and if there's you know lower tiers or higher enterprise tiers that we need to to offer um, at different times, we'll we'll certainly look at that. Um, but but for now, this is uh, basically just an introductory. Um, you know, pricing model just to uh, to start things off um, and see how and see how this this feature works for us internally. So one of the things you had mentioned earlier is that you had kind of had to teach yourself how to write code, and you ended up having to redo that. I'm going to ask this question not to, to highlight that necessarily, but just because I think that anytime you're starting an entrepreneurial in, endeavor, you don't know what you don't know. I'm curious uh, mm-hmm. in retrospect. Do you wish that you had gotten someone early on who uh, maybe had a little bit more experience or do you feel like that was a valuable, if not necessary step for you to kind of do it yourself and kind of get in the weeds there? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, that's a really good question because I think there's, there's there's two ways you could answer that. I mean, both would be valid answers, but I think the answer I'll give is I kind of think it was a, a necessary step. Um, and a valuable step because what it allowed me to do is it allowed me to shape the initial product exactly how I wanted it to be. Um, and I'm not saying that wouldn't have happened if I had a developer, but maybe I would have had a developer who would kind of push me away from certain features because they were like, you know, they didn't want to build them or they were too difficult or they thought they didn't make them, you know, make sense. Um, and so, and so, one aspect of of building by yourself is is you just get to shape it um, exactly how you want to see it. But obviously, the like I said, there's two answers. So the other side of that is like, no, you get somebody else in and they build it a lot faster and you get to market faster. Um, but there definitely was there definitely was advantages to it. Um, now, one thing I will say as well is that I I, I did know how to code um, PHP to a certain degree. So I wasn't a absolute brand new beginner. I'd, I'd done HTML, CSS, and, and, and a bit of PHP before, um, but nothing in, in React or JavaScript before. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely something that I would say to people, um, do it, just roll up your sleeves and do it. If, if, you, if, you, if you think you can, even if you think you can't, there's so many courses out there that, that will teach you the basics. Um, and so if you think you have a product, just, just try and build it see what it looks like. It doesn't have to be pretty. Um, just just build it and, and have fun doing it. And you'll learn um, you'll learn a lot along the way. So you also mentioned earlier about going back to the basics and maybe the importance of on-chain payments. I'm curious to know your thoughts about the future of on-chain payments. Do you feel like that's going to be something that people can use at the, we'll, we'll just say like a popular level for the foreseeable future? Or do you see a future where on-chain payments are no longer something that the average person 
is going to be doing. Maybe let's let's talk in the context of like the next decade or so. I'm just curious to know your thoughts there and maybe the value that you see in on-chain payments. I think, I mean, I'll speak to the value of on-chain payments first um, because, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of Bitcoiners obviously, you know, listening to this show will will kind of know off the top of their head what, what the value are. But, um, you know, obviously self-custody, holding your own keys, um, an instant settlement. Um, just from a sovereignty perspective, um, you know, the value there is is huge. You know, you, you lose a little bit of that when you start taking Lightning, especially in like most of, of Lightning these days is, is custodial. Um, so you lose a lot of that. So there's there's immense value in, in just accepting base on-chain payments. In terms of what direction that's going to go over the next 10 years, um, yeah, I mean, for sure, you know, we're going to get to a stage as when Bitcoin adoption, you know, grows to to such an extent that block space becomes, you know, a hell of a lot more scarce. Um, you know, it, it will be used um, by by folks who, who just need to settle much, much larger payments. And that could be institutions, businesses, and then eventually like banks and, and nations and things like that. Um, which again is where a lot of the you know the the self sovereignty comes from, right? If you're if you're large banks or large corporations dealing with each other or nation states dealing with each other, um, you know on chain payments are are absolutely the way to go. So they're obviously not going anywhere. Will the average person be able to you know do on chain payments in ten years? I, I'm not sure of the time scale, but it definitely at some stage they're going to be you know priced out for sure. Um, but, it, you know, there's definitely a long market ahead of us where, where that's not the case. Um, you know, if you're, you know, corporations and you're sending, you know, large five, six, seven, eight figure sums, um, you know, as Bitcoin becomes more more prominent um, and becomes the default payment for these type of uh, of of transactions, you, you're going to want something like Zapright that, that enables them and, and has, you know, those proof of payments on both ends, right? Because one of the things that obviously Zapright does is when a payment happens, um, both parties get an email with um, all of the records of that transaction, like from the trans- transaction ID all the way through to the amount, the the current like USD base rate or whatever the fiat currency happened to be at the time, um, you know, the exchange rate, timestamp, transaction ID, all of that stuff, both parties get that. So, you know, having something like that for, for you know, large corporations and and businesses that need these legal protections to say like yes this payment happened at this time um is is hugely beneficial um so there definitely will be a need the time frame yeah who knows um you know at at what point it's going to start getting squeezed to to just a bunch of smaller um you know, people, larger entities, obviously, but just like a smaller group of people transacting, it will happen at some stage. But there's definitely um, there's definitely a long future ahead of us where where that's not going to be the case. All right. Final question before we start to wrap up. I'm curious to know about a shiny object that you have had to either in uh, in the past or maybe even in the present ignore in order to kind of stay focused on what you need to be focused on with Zapright. Is there ever anything that you, you see that you've wanted to do, but you've had to ignore it in order to stay focused on what you know your mission is i would say noster for mm. sure um noster is uh you know it, it's interesting um 
the the use cases obviously right now seem to be all around social media and things like that, which you know don't don't really interest me too much. Um, not not because I don't think they're beneficial, but more just because I think there's more important stuff to do um, right now. Um, but there certainly is like a lot of benefits to to Noster, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things I, I've wanted to do for quite a while is. You know, when you sign up for ZapRite right now, like, I mean, we don't ask for KYC because we're non-custodial. We're not a payment processor, or not a money transmitter. And we don't need to ask for that information. So we don't, obviously. Um, you just need an email address to sign up. But one of the things we could do um, is we could just, you know, get people to sign up with an NPUB. And once they sign up, then obviously that's more private than an email. So they can just keep logging in with that. And then what we could do is instead of sending them emails when notifications, when their payments are made, we could actually send, um, you know, Noster DMs, encrypted DMs, where these users, when they connect, they could connect to our relay that we're running um, and we could whitelist it just for our users so that only they can, you know, get the messages and it's not going to be, you know, um, flooded with everything. And then, of course, we could add, uh, you know, the contacts page. When you're adding contacts, you could add an NPUB in there for those as well. So when you're sending out your invoices, your your contact could get um, a Noster note or a DM with with that information as well. So there's ways to use it. We could use it for internal encrypted chat like social or uh, sorry, live chat with, um, you know, our users as well. Um, we could build encrypted chat into invoicing and payment links. There's, there's a lot of stuff that Noster is, um, it makes it really easy for developers to, to build these tools because the protocol is very easy to use. Um, so, you know, there's definitely there's definitely shiny things there with Noster for sure that, um, you know, I've thought about, I've considered, um, but again, just not not priority on the roadmap right now, um, especially with a small team and a small budget. There's There's only so much you can do. Sure. Well, John, it's been great to see your growth across the last year. Thanks for coming on again today. You have any final thoughts, things that either we didn't get a chance to talk about that are relevant to ZapRite or just things that you think are important for Bitcoiners to be thinking about? And then uh, if you would share with us where people can go to find out more about ZapRite and keep up with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we covered a lot. So thanks uh, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, it. It's been a while coming and I'm, I'm stoked to be back on the show again. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, maybe I'll just wrap up everything into one, which is if if you haven't checked out ZapRite yet, uh, we are offering a, a free 30 day trial. So you can go over, just like I said, sign up with an email address, um, go to ZapRite.com and there'll be a link there or go directly to app.zapright.com um, and you can sign up play around with it for 30 days, create payment links, create invoices, like attach, uh, attach wallets, expos, strike wallets, connections, different things, try it out, see what fits. Um, and if you have any um, feedback or suggestions, like we're open, hit us up on, on Twitter or Telegram, um, you know, uh, let us know your thoughts, give us your feedback. We're always looking for that. Yeah, other than that, um, you know, it, it's amazing to see it's amazing to see the amount of things that are being built uh, in the Bitcoin space right now. Um, you know, the amount of, you know, when you're when you're in places like Austin and you see, you know, the hackathons and the meetups and different things happening and what the guys at Pleb Lab are doing with all the workshops and the education aspect. And um, it, it's really just amazing to see. And I think we're at a stage now where there's been so much work that has been done in the last like six to 12 months and, and will be done for the next few months as we, you know, ramp up into the next uh, the halving in the bull market. Um, I think we're just going to see a lot of really interesting products, um, you know, come come to the forefront. We already are. And I think that will that will continue. So it's really great to see. Um, so I just say to people like, yeah, just uh, 
look out for those products and uh, use them, test them, give the feedback um, and, and start uh, start helping out uh, Bitcoiners, make Bitcoiners life easier, make your own life easier as a Bitcoiner. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Great. Well, John, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. Well, friends, it's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Business Bitcoinization Show. If you want to reach out to either me or John, you can find those links down in the show notes. And if being ZapRite could be a great fit for your business, check them out as well. As always, keep building, keep growing. And until next time, keep living and leading well. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, thank you. If you want to take a further step in your support for the show, you can help us grow by listening on Fountain, a value-for-value podcast app on iOS or Android. If you hear something you like that you disagree with or anything else, you can share it by sending some sats and adding a comment with your thoughts. Some of you have already done this, and I appreciate it. I'm going to begin reading your boosts on upcoming episodes, so if you have some insight or value to add, let the people know. Getting started with Fountain is easy. You can add Bitcoin to your Fountain wallet by using your fiat accounts or any lightning wallet and one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app you can earn stats just by listening on fountain check out the link in the show notes to get started with fountain today